Another storm and another episode, <laughs> sir, of the R&B and Chill podcast with your boy Tyler Pie Guy. We are back with another episode, man. Before we get into it, make sure that you guys like, subscribe um, to the podcast <clears throat> wherever you listen to podcasts, right? Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to Spot, um, Spotify, wherever you listen to Spotify, <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure uh, you check us out. Um, we are not, of course, on YouTube. That does not give us the guarantee um, to be on YouTube because of the licensing and everything. So we're glad that podcasting gives us that open free realm. You feel what I'm saying? So uh, please support the podcast by subscribing to uh the podcast wherever you listen to us from so we appreciate you and we love you we thank you to everybody that listens to us um across the country across the world across the globe man um and i appreciate you guys uh what else we got on the docket i think that's it that's it um hi what's happening <laughs> it's been a minute uh we, we we first of all happy black history month um it is it is black history month uh, particularly um and i wanted to get into this episode honestly uh because this is an this to me is 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 why i wanted to do r&b and chill right um we started with sam cook um a change is going to come because um r&b music transcends history right 
And when we think about the actual term R&B, rhythm and blues, um, I don't under, I don't think people understand the actual history behind R&B music and what it has done uh, for our people. You understand what I'm saying? It is the and I will always say it is the, the grandmother, the great grandmother of music. You understand what I'm saying? Because it branched off so many um, genres of music that we hear today, even in um, the most popular in hip hop. Right. And so um, this episode is not going to be, you know, your typical regular episode. This is going to be more of like a lesson. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm continuing to learn every day um, about R&B music, which is my favorite genre of music. And I continue to learn every day more about it, not just not just going, you know, towards the 90s and the 80s, but going way, way back, you know, to race records and race music. So um, we want to get into a little history about the evolution of R&B. And I want to reference um, <clears throat> I want to reference Broderick Williams. Um, this is uh, on EpicSound.com. I want to reference that and say shout out to them because this was a well, well, well put together article. So I'm not going to read, you know, go and, you know, read the whole article, but I will read bits and pieces. So I want, again, shout out to Broderick Williams, who is the founder of uh, Thirdly Media Group. He wrote this um, uh, phenomenal piece on the evolution of R&B. So <clears throat> when we think about R&B today, right, we think about R&B and it's sensual, it's sexy, it tells a message, it's 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 heartfelt, it's warming, it's candlelight, it's all of that, right? As in, in this in this age today, it's that, right? Um and when we can take that back, you know, even 20 years, but RB is is deeper than that. And I don't know if we kind of forgot that part of it. Um but it's always been deeper than that, right? Um, because it has transcended so much time that it's it, it it has evolved, right? And sometimes in evolution, we forget about the past, right? Looking looking towards the future, and which is not a bad thing, right? Which is not a bad thing. But I think sometimes we forget about what you know past R and B gave us. And so when we think about rhythm and blues, which is R and B, it is one of the oldest genres of American music blending influences from sounds of blues, gospel, funk, uh, boogie, um, heartfelt lyricism, ballads, and smooth melodies. Okay. So these are branches, right? It is one of the oldest genres of music. You understand what I'm saying? It branches into gospel, funk, boot, like, you know, and 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 honestly, you can kind of go to, you know, the the Ray Charles's of the world, right? Who, because during the, the time of race records, right, in a, in a sense, right, um, during the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, or during the 30s through the 60s, damn near, uh, when race records were really a, a, a huge thing, um, which they called, which now you would say um, the arm, hot R&B charts or urban um, records, which I still which to me still doesn't even sit well with me. Um, I think because I, I, I believe to me because um, race and urban, to, just for me, right, they coincide just a little bit in a negative tone um, that I'm just like, oh, I, I, it, it, it ain't changed to me. But, um, you know, race records were, uh, were very, very huge to a lot of the companies that are, very big today your columbia records your atlantic records you know all of the big big name record labels that are out here um they made their footing 
really, really off of our backs, of course. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it branched out. Historically, R&B has bridged artistic, social, and political messages conveying the genre. Um, it's not exclusively about love. Hear, hear what Broderick Williams is saying in this article. Let me read that again. Historically, R&B has bridged artistic and social and political messages conveying that the genre is not exclusively about love. Hear me. A change is going to come is an R&B ballad, but it's not talking about love in a sense. We're talking about humanity. We're talking about changing something in our world, in our country, in our state, in our city, in our neighborhood. You understand what I'm saying? When my grandma was growing up, that's who she was listening to. You know? And so sometimes I get where the generational divide happens when it comes to generation to generation when it comes to music. Right? Because there were a lot of message songs. And then a lot and then there was a generation who was like, I don't want to get into that message music. Right? Let's get into dance and funk. And then a lot of people was like, let's not get into that. I don't want to get into that. I now want to get into more sex and love. And now we're here. But again, we have to understand, just like Broderick said, and it's bridged artistic and social and political gaps, messages, even if it doesn't exclusively talk about love. There's always love in R&B, though. That's the thing. And I will always convey that message. There's always love in R&B. Originally, as Broderick said, coined race music, the term uh, uh, rhythm and blues identify music made by black people during the 1920s to 1940s. The music industry also identified race records, quote unquote, as a term for all categories of African-American music at the time, including jazz, blues, and gospel. So race records were basically all together. It just recently happened where, you know, Billboard um, really gave everybody their separate category in a sense, right? If you go to Billboard, there's the hot gospel charts, right? If you go to Billboard, there's the hot R&B charts, right? But back then, everything was everything because everything was blended together. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what R&B was. It was a blend, it was a blend. We're blending. And as black people, we make the best music. We first of all, we're just dope. We're just we're just dope. Let's just give a hand clap players. We're just dope. Right? We're dope. Okay, we're dope. We and we know that about ourselves. We're dope as fuck. Okay. And so these companies didn't want to give us those those separate charts because they didn't want to pay us that money, of course. Um there was definitely blatant racism going on during the 1920s and 1940s. That's literally like 60 years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Oh, no. Was that an Emancipation Proclamation? Where, like, everybody was getting free but not really freed. Um, so we haven't even been, and we can go into a whole tangent about that. But I think in the overall point of view, Companies were not trying to pay us. They weren't even trying to, to even see us. Um, if you watch the movie Betsy with Queen Latifah and then the movie, um, what is that movie? with? Hold on, y'all. I want to tap in real quick because Netflix, 
Netflix. Viola Davis. What movie was that? Ma Rennie, right? This is the time. That, now, both of those movies, Betsy and Ma Rennie, right? And crazy enough, Ma Rennie was played by Monique and Betsy, right? And so these were top artists in the race record scene, quote unquote, right? Who were making these amazing ballads, rhythm and blues, jazz, funk. But when you actually see they're not being treated well by said company because they just look at you as a horse, basically. You're making money and you go back to your, and that's it, right? And that's it. But these were top, these were some of the people that want to control, right? Control of their artistry, control of their talent. Because these were some talented individuals back then in the, in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. we're talking about like Chuck the Chuck Berry's, like it, it was it was it was we 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 had people. Have y'all not seen Cadillac Records? Right, that was what what back in the 60s, 50s, 70s maybe. And we'll get to all of that because that's in the article. But I'm just saying, all of these artists who, again. Had a genre of music that just branched off into everything. Like you had the Beatles, the future Beatles, coming to your record label, Cadillac Records. Where Eddie James is there, and all these beautiful artists, talented artists. Man, stop playing with me. But I'm just saying, right? Um, let me get back to it. I just wanted to say that because it's like, you know, we, we are very talented and I don't want us to think that we're not, and we need to, we, and this is why we're doing this because sometimes we lose grip and be like, there's no, and we have living black history happening. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit too. Um, but they, he, he puts in there that there's a meaning behind the acronym, um, because in the 1920s and the 1930s, R&B was often perceived as an unsophisticated uh, rural form of music compared to jazz, which is interesting. I didn't know that. Then considered more cultured um, and cultivated, the meaning behind rhythm comes from the music's... Uh, res, uh, 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 Lord, I'm sorry, I can't even say this word. Reliance on a four-beat measure in which the second and fourth beats are accented in each measure right and so you're getting that boom boom you you're gonna be dancing really dancing like jazz when we think about jazz jazz is very smooth right smooth jazz v98.7 you know i'm from detroit for real shout out to the 313 man um but jazz jazz is one of my favorite genres as well but i put i put jazz in extinction of r&b in a sense because that came from that right Jazz, jazz, jazz is, jazz is, it's, it's R&B's like uncle. You feel me? So I can't be mad at jazz. Jazz gives us the beats. It gives us the horns that we want. You feel what I'm saying? And so, um, and the meaning behind blues comes from the lyrics and melodies of the songs, which were often said in blues. 
over the time the name was shortened to acronym on the acronym R&B, right? And so because we were hurting, we we talked about what the fuck we were going through as black folks in our music, right? Now we tried to make it happy as as pie. We tried to sit here and 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 try to, you know, work it out. But it was hard. And when you're going through something hard, some something very tough, which is being black in America, you have to find an outlet. And some of those first outlets were music. It was putting it on a record, even if sometimes you really couldn't sing. If you had a and I think every black person during that time could could carry a tune, because if you weren't in church for real to me if you weren't in church um in the choir yo you know what i'm saying like i I believe history tells us as black folks we stayed in the church because that was our safe haven that was our safe haven from a lot of what was going on and so um i look i look at this and i and i look at this history and it's amazing right when we talk about um, when he talks about Mr. Mr. Broderick, the expansion of uh, of the art, um, R&B began to gain notoriety across the country as the Great Migration from 1916 to 1970 prompted many rural Southern African Americans to move to metropolis uh, metropolis cities uh, for better job opportunities. This era produced many forms of African American art, including fashion, film, and music. The expansion of R&B is closely linked to cities heavily populated. Um, with African American, uh, with African Americans such as Atlanta, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, Memphis, and Detroit. Now, very much facts. As me being from Detroit, um, Motown, Motown sound. You feel what I'm saying? It's amazing to be in a city of music. Um, my mom sung. You know what I'm saying? She's a pretty good singer. Um, and my dad. It was a, it was even in a group, you know what I'm saying? And so coming from that, I always had a great voice. I sung on stage, I've done, you know, this, this, and that. I've done I've I've done a couple things when it comes to singing and everything. So being knowing that the temptations were in my city and lived in my city, were born in Detroit. The Supremes, Diana Ross, like all of these big celebrity artists who made R&B music skyrocket and popular. You understand what I'm saying? Like made it popular music. Like you had the the Betsy's and the uh, the, uh, the 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 Ma Rennies who were laying the groundwork for the Barry Gordys to come in and 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 lay another foundation on top of that you understand what i'm saying which were bringing the diana rosses the Smokey robinsons the 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 um temptations the jackson five because what we done what we don't know is that the jackson five were a part of motown right and and some do some don't but it's it's amazing to know that it's amazing to know like yo that's crazy motown was here it started here and it moved to los angeles i think like in 1970 something like that but it started here. It built here. This is where everything happened. And Hisville, USA is right on what we're um, definitely going. I, I definitely want to go in and just 
tear the museum because when you when you go in there, it is history. It is it is amazing history. It is living history. You understand what I'm saying? It is it's literally living black history. You understand what I'm saying? Like you go in there and you just feel, you feel the music, you feel the work. How do you be in that small ass booth? Recording. Ugh. Like you had to come out with some fire because I'm not going back in there four, five, six, seven, eight times. That ain't happening. That that ain't happening. So, you know, we play uh change is gonna come because during during the time of the 60s and 70s, of, of course, with the uh, civil rights movement, this is where messages started to really happen and be uh, become popular. Not not really happen, but become popular. We had the Sam Cooks of the world. Uh, we had the Aretha Franklins, um, you know, and and so many others who became um, voices. Marvin Gaye's, the James Brown, "Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud." I think is the the cornerstone of what black people feel and how proud we are. You understand what I'm saying? I think that's when we 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 felt that the Black Panther movement. Like we used this this mode of 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 music which is R&B to shape our culture into something into something great, into something amazing. And and um Again, we have to, you know, it's it's amazing to see that because we got to continue to look at our past to understand our present and our future. You understand what I'm saying? Because there's living black history going on. Um, give me one second, guys. The I don't mind because you mean that much to me. Ain't you proud to bear? Then you know it. Ooh. Oh, man. Okay, we're back. <laughs> um, but where do we leave off, man? Listen, again, this article is amazing. Um, and then, you know, he goes into basically, we were talking about, you know, the James Browns and the civil rights movement and how those message songs in R&B, how R&B really crossed over into the civil rights movement and how it really brought that artistic um, bridge and, and, and social and political bridges um, just in the music, you feel what I'm saying? And then we got into popular culture, right? Uh, the MTVs of the world, the the um, James, uh, the Michael Jacksons, the Whitney Houston's, the Princes, right? Uh, the Janet Jacksons, who became some of the biggest pop stars of all time. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, these were um, uh, artists who used R&B elements, <laughs> right? And I will always say this, like a lot of people say, no, they're pop. no. If you actually listen to their music, they have a lot of R&B elements in there. And if you want to really go there, black people started a lot of this music that's out here. But I'm not going to do that, but I know what it is. You feel what I'm saying? I know what it is. Okay? I know what it is. <laughs> but um, when we talk about that, uh, when you think about the Janet Jacksons and the Michael Jacksons and the Whitney Houstons, these were people who understood their aren't their their black roots let me just say that first of all whether you were listening to the ma rennies or the uh james browns of the world you understood that every every black person that was doing this music thing had a message or had a feeling and made you dance or whatever but it made you feel something and so that was a consistency when it came to r&b music and so they kind 
they're using the same elements, the same beats, the same everything. They're just putting it in popular culture. And when we talk about pop music, when we talk about that, you have to bring this element of pop, right? It has to pop more than just to the black community. It has to pop to the community at large. You understand what I'm saying? And so these were some of the biggest pop stars that made that happen using R&B elements. And those were the days of, you know, MTV. That was, you know, when MTV was really popping. But then, but then in the 90s, which I believe a lot of people would say was the best era of R&B music. You had the Mary J. Blige's, the Usher's, the Brandy's, the TLC's, the Destiny's Child's, right? Um, even fashion took 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 a took a thing to a whole new level. You had hip hop coming into its own as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, you had different artists coming into their own, right? Uh, and R&B was lit from, you know, 90 to 2000. It was probably the most, one of them, if not the most popular genre of music at that time. And so everybody wanted to be on that wave. But I believe this, and I, and I really believe it. I believe because R&B music found its way into people's hearts and homes, and it was probably becoming the most popular genre in music, I believe it was pulled, like, the plug was pulled over it because we, we you know, black people are, are, are honestly running this thing. You know, there's no white faces doing R&B music. And yes, you can tell me about the Justin Timberlakes. Yeah, you can tell me about the Robin Thicks, But they sound just like the Ushers and everybody else. And Usher and them sound way better than that. You know what I'm saying? And the, and the Tyrese's and all of them, like, you know? And and so we talk about R and B today, where it is today. And you have the the Giveons and the Hers and the um uh who who the Lucky Days of the world. You know, it's living Black history going on right now. And I love how continuously R and B continues to transcend time because again, this is a person. This is coming from a person who literally said on the show that R and B was dying, right? And and again, that goes to me being such an R and B fan because I don't want to see it to go anywhere, right? It's just me opening and it just me had to be me opening up my ears more and listening to newer artists, right? I was biased for a long time. I didn't want to hear any, any you know, any more artists because R and B to me was getting a lot more hip hoppy and I didn't want that. Right? I didn't want that for R and B. You know, because <clears throat> It comes from such a tree of of roots when we talk about jazz and blues, right? Like gospel music. You understand what I'm saying? You know, gospel is probably the 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 great 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 grandmother of everybody. You feel what I'm saying? And and R and B is 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 its child. You know, either great grand or you know grandchild or whatever. You know, even child. But it's like when we think about R and B music, it has transcended time for so long. It has it has become a a, fra- a fragment of no I'm sorry it has become a fab a fabric there we go of the culture and not just of of black culture but culture period you feel what I'm saying everybody loves them a little Mary J everybody loved them a little Casey and JoJo hell everybody loved them a little Sam Cooke. I'm telling you so it'll be some old white guy who will tell you about Sam Cooke in a heartbeat. And you'll look at him like, wow, 
I know what generation you came from. You understand what I'm saying? Right? That's crazy. You hear some young person like me talking about Sam Cooke. Right? Or Ma Rennie. Or Betsy. Right? And you don't hear these things. Because to me, I'm like, this is this is this is history that needs to get honored. You know what I'm saying? This is this is this is history that really needs to get a push. And and this is why I think I've always been pushing for like an R and B Hall of Fame. You know, this is why I think I've always been pushing for that. Um I think since I've gotten to the podcast game and probably way before that, I've always asked, like, why don't we have an R and B Hall of Fame? We have all the you know, I've asked why we don't have a hip hop hall of fame, R and B Hall of Fame, Black Music Hall of Fame, something to honor our black musicians past, present, and future. Why don't we have this? I've always asked this, but we're ready, but and, and again, but we're ready, we're so ready to sit here and cry about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So what? Let's create our own because we have hundreds, damn near hundreds of thousands of Hall of Fame candidates worthy of being in this shrine. So many people who paved the way, who created amazing music and the R&B and black music and just black music, period. Why don't we have these? And so these are my questions when I come to being an, an, an a true fan of the music. Because I want to see the Shaka Khans and the Aretha Franklins, God rest her soul. I want to see the Ray Charles, God rest his soul, immortalized. They're already immortalized in their music and in, and in the fabric of culture. But damn it, I want to see them in a Hall of Fame. And we should grant them that. Is that not is that not? not a thing should we not grant them a hall of fame somewhere that our children and our children's children can see what where the music actually came from am i crazy i'm just saying i think i love r&b so much and learning about it and getting to know it and just black music period that at the end of the day when we talk about hip-hop rhythm blues jazz funk uh disco when we talk about gospel music, we need a black music hall of fame to literally write, to literally elevate and show and display what this music is. And maybe we have it already. Maybe we don't. But I'm just putting it out there. That's all I want to do, man. Jeez, man. That's it. That's it. I, I, I definitely feel... As though we do need that, because I think at the end of the day, as and again, I'm I'm still learning a lot about R&B and I'm still, you know, learning the history continuously as a fan, the stand of the genre, you know what I'm saying? But I believe I've always said this, even I'm telling you, there needs to be a Hall of Fame. Now, I did say, I think like season two. I heard or looked up because I definitely be looking it up. I definitely be looking like R&B Hall of Fame, uh, <laughs> Hip Hop Hall of Fame. Like I be looking it up, so I looked it up, and I believe that Detroit was thinking about you know building one or something like that. Well, we need not to think about it. 
We need to make it happen. And we need to take it back all the way. Right? We need to take it back to those race records, the Ma Rennies and the Betsy's going all the way now to the Hers and the Giveons. Yes. You feel me? We need that. We need that. We need that. All right. So that's it, y'all. We are out of here. I love you guys. Y'all be good. Uh, let's see what song I want to leave y'all off with. Um, be good. Stay easy. Stay breezy. Um, have a great rest of your week. We will see you guys next week. Again, follow us on um, Instagram at the RBC Podcast and on Facebook at the R&B and Chill Podcast. And then you can also, you feel what I'm saying, you can also follow me at Ty the Pod Guy. Right? Make sure you follow me at Ty the Pod Guy. Okay? <laughs> on Instagram and uh, Tyronza uh, D. Hicks on Facebook. All right? I love you guys. Oh, excuse me. Ah. Excuse me. Oh, subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. Um, our network YouTube channel. Um, that's where you can find all of our other podcasts, all the uh, all the other podcasts that I host, the Opinionated Brother Podcast, the Black Man Win, and the Devontae's World Podcast as well. So go check that out and subscribe. All right. I love you guys. We're gonna leave you with Forgive Me Not by Patrice Russian. Let's go. Oh, Lord.